Welcome to Tech Talks with Jack Pearce and Josie Rollings. You are listening to the Tech Talks podcast published on Mondays and Thursdays for the love of tech. Coming up on today's show, we are talking to Katie Mills, founder of State Zero Labs, a blockchain platform and B2B business. And then we have news from UKTN all around blockchain enabled co-working and consumers are still trusting big brands despite data breaches. So, Joe's podcast number two. I mean, this is number four now, because when you were on holiday, I think I did two, That's right. three. Yeah. Yeah, so you enjoying it? I enjoyed it more with Dave. Less obviously, with you. obviously. Let's, <laughs> speaking of Dave, do you know what I find funny? The man's on holiday. Yeah, he listened to the show and tweeted us seven times in about ten minutes, all to have a go directly at me. I might like to add uh, to call me out on certain things and stuff. So, Dave, when you're listening, thanks for that. It's uh, nice to know that you have confidence in us still. <laughs> <laughs> Sending as many photos of him on a beach, following people from Love Island around. Dave, we are missing you. Indeed, we are. But hey ho, as we crack on, it is also the day of our Christmas party today. Yeah, very excited. Um, we took the the very smart decision to record the day of rather than the day after, um, because I don't think tomorrow we would be in the best shape to do a recording movie. Yeah, you wouldn't get much out of me tomorrow. No, no. So yeah, that's that's today. It's a bit of a miserable day out there, but hey ho. Uh, Ryder will be happy because Spurs made it through the Champions League stages uh, only to hopefully get knocked out of the next stage fingers crossed on that but anyway enough wiffle waffle um, we'll hand over to Dave Spirit interviewing Katie it, it, we're still rolling out stuff from Web Summit he did so much there that we've still got interviews from Web Summit so over to Dave and Katie so we are joined by Katie from State Zero Labs how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, good. It's quite nice to do a podcast interview with someone who I know reasonably well. Right? <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, definitely. Explaining what this is first. I already know. We're all good. Yes. And you're someone who, if people genuinely listen to the show as a series, they might well remember that you were on a show when we were at Unbound. Yes, very true. Very true. Yes. That's where we, uh, that's where we first met. Yeah. So there. What is State Zero Labs? Oh, good question. We are a... Um, blockchain lab focused on the business solutions around blockchain rather yep. than um, the cryptocurrency side of things. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, just not our bag. Um, and yeah, looking for B2B solutions in the space. Why not? I mean, you say nothing bad, yeah. but why, why that decision not to be crypto or finance focused? I think there's already enough going on in the crypto space right now. There's, there, there's already enough noise, there's already enough investors. Um, and what we're trying to do is to harness the untapped potential of blockchain technology. Yeah. Um, and we feel like that needs a bigger platform right now than the cryptocurrency side of things. What's weird is I was here last year and everyone was very excited and talking about blockchain. Yeah. This year, it's not that they're not, but it doesn't seem to be a word that's getting banded around as much. Yeah, so I, I went around yesterday and went through, well, went around all the startups yesterday, alphas and the betas. and. There was a there was a there was there was a handful of, of startups that had blockchain somewhere in their offering, um, but again, like, you know, I think it's still a really untapped market. I, I think you know th- there was a lot of hype around it last year, but then actually then going out and building proper business solutions mm. using the technology is a whole other ball game. And I think that's what people are struggling with now. Is you know we talk about the hype of blockchain for the last few years, and you know it's not a new technology. It's been around for what 10, 10 plus years now but it's still nascent in the uptake in industry. Mm. Um, and I think that's 
probably why you've not seen as many startups around because it's, it's tough. It's, it is really tough right now. So when you're here at Web Summit, and I know this, this podcast episode isn't going to be directly linked to the summit, but we're here. Yeah. Um, you're out here looking to talk to companies that maybe would be interested in being part of your cohort, right? So what, what are you looking for when you're talking to an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, absolutely. We're here to, um, you know, to connect with other startup founders um, and, and for them to know that we exist because we are new kids on the block. Um, we always look for an exceptional team above everything else. Um, we're relatively early stage. Um, and so, you know, it's quite it's difficult to always um, value a startup based on their you know, MVP. Mm. <laughs> it's still very, very early stages for any form of product. So um, it's always about, you know, does the team that's running this business that has decided to set up this business and build this product, do they have some unique insight into the industry they're trying to sell to or into the solution that they're trying to build? Um, and if the answer is yes, they're usually a pretty good bet that they, they either have their little black book of contacts or they just have insider knowledge on what the industry needs and what the business problems are in that industry. Um, and that's our biggest focus, I would say, um, right now, because we're so early, right? We were taking a punt. It's a, it's a big risk. How long does it take you, like leading an incubator, how long does it take you to work out that you're talking to someone that there should be something to be excited about there? Good question. Um, I would say it, the energy of a founder comes across within like the first few, the first few minutes, right? Um, and that energy you get from a founder naturally rubs off on the person that you're speaking to. Yeah. So um, for me, if I get a good energy from them from from you know in the first few minutes. That's usually a sign to me that I should continue this conversation. Yeah. It might not still go anywhere, but that for me is, is is usually a good sign that you know I'm passionate about this space and I'm passionate about what I do. We are at State Zero passionate about what we're trying to do. So I want founders that come into our portfolio to be as passionate, but to be as passionate about the technology and what they're trying to do. What would your reaction be if someone walked up to you and said, "I run a blockchain company"? <laughs> yes. So um, I had this yesterday, actually. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, this is the issue with blockchain. Blockchain should be an enabler for a business. It shouldn't be a driver for a startup. The driving force should always be the business problem that you're trying to solve. Yeah. And you just happen to use blockchain technology because it's the right way to do it. You know, coming up to me and telling me you're a blockchain startup doesn't mean anything to me, right? I, I don't. I don't really care. Obviously, I know we're a blockchain lab, but as an individual. I'm looking at the business problem you're fixing mm. um, and your solution around that and you just and you've worked out that blockchain happens to be the right kind of technology for it. There are a lot of startups that have pitched to me in the last 24 hours that probably shouldn't be using blockchain, right? There are probably a better solution or just use a database. It works just as well, if not quicker. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of myths still around blockchain. I've had people in the last 24 hours say to me, well, it's quicker, it's far more efficient. I'm like, no, it's not. It's slow. Blockchain's a slow database. It's, it's, it isn't quick. Um, and I think you know, that's why we have a responsibility in the sector to educate um, mm. and to really do myth bust around what the technology can do and also what it can't do. Um, so I would always be wary of a startup that comes to me and says, I'm a blockchain company. I want them to come to me and say, we are solving this problem for these types of people. Yeah. And we happen to use this kind of technology to do that because it's the right kind of technology. Walking around the summit, You'd be forgiven for thinking that there's not a diversity or an inclusion issue in technology. Yeah, I actually, I've, you know what, I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, the only thing I will say, and this is maybe slightly controversial, um, was the you know um, women in tech area that they have here. 
Right. And so, you know... That's sponsored by booking, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, and I get the reasons for doing those types of things. But for me, that secludes us from the conversation. And what we're trying to do is be included in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know whether that's always the right way of promoting women in tech to segregate us from everyone else. Um, I, I agree that it's the right way to, you know, they have mentoring in the women in tech session here for, for other female founders that I think is fantastic. And I think that's a really positive thing. Um, but I just don't think we need to segregate ourselves from everyone else in order to be able to do that. We're trying to be as inclusive as possible. And yeah. so we should, you know, emulate that at events like this. Um, but you're right, you know, there's, I look around, there's lots of women here. There's, you know, there's a lot of diversity, not not just women and men, yep. um, and, and there's a lot of inclusion, which is what we need to start talking about, I think, um, as we move forward. But you know, I'm a female in tech, and we're trying to undo not just a hundred years of industry. We're trying to do thousands of years of men being the ones that go out and hunt for food, and the women stay at home and look after kids. Right? It's not just industry. This is life in general. So I don't think you're going to see a full, you know, flip on its head in a hundred years. That's all we've been in industry so far. Mm. Um, we've still got a long way to go and I, I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that, I, but I think, you know, we just need to all make sure that we stand up and we're heard. And that's, and I think, I think we're seeing that more and more now. Yeah, yeah. Now, you are the new kids on the block. You mentioned yeah. that. When will your first cohort kick off? So we're uh, kicking off in January. Yeah. Applications close in a few weeks, actually. We've got two more weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, our first six companies will come in in January. Yeah. Um, we've had really great interest so far with minimal marketing, I would say, which is a great sign for us that there's obviously a need for what we're trying to do. Um, we've been impressed with the quality of applications that we've got so far. Um, and, and it's great to see that there are companies building proper business solutions using this type of technology um, and not blockchain just for the sake of blockchain mm. um, and that understand it's not just cryptocurrency and bitcoin there are other things you can do with the technology um, which is very much what we're trying to you know um, push out to market as much as possible um, so it's exciting for us right now we're excited to see what the first cohort brings there seems to be a push from the french to be kind of a, a blockchain hub it seems to be something that they've really kind of zeroed in on is that we can be real leaders in this space. And I noticed earlier, I was walking around the, the French tech yeah. companies, and there were a couple of fintech businesses that were using blockchain solutions. Have you, have you tried to kind of pinch some ideas or collaborate or? Yeah, so like, you know, our, we, we're all about collaboration. Um, I, I don't necessarily believe in our space in us having to compete with everyone. I think we should all work together um, in the industry to make sure that we're producing the best companies out there and we're providing the best platforms for those companies. Um, I think you know France has done actually a really good job of establishing, of establishing itself as a pretty good tech startup hub now yeah, yeah. outside of London, um, which I think is a great thing. You know, we, we need we need other countries to be involved. We need again diversity and the inclusion side of things. It shouldn't just be all based in Silicon Valley and London. Yeah. It should be all over the world because different countries have different out have different takes on solutions, have different takes on technologies, and I think that's a really important part. Um, I think it's good to see other countries going, we want to be in the blockchain scene. Like That's a good indication for us. So um, I think it's a positive thing. Well, look, it's really good to talk to you. Thank you for spending a bit of time in a, on a nice sunny afternoon. Yeah, sunglasses are on and everything. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> feels slightly balmy and it's November. Anyway, uh, but have a safe trip home. And, uh, you too, thank you thanks so much. Take care. Wow, cool. So. Blockchain's been around for 10 years. That was news to me. Uh, yeah, I think I heard about it in like the last six months. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, State Zero Labs are very much uh, B2B solutions. Um, and Katie talks a lot about what it means to find a good partner. Um, 
when when she's looking for um, installing almost their solution. So, I mean, I think I noted down that she looks for like unique insights uh, into the industry and the solution, um, which is really important for State Zero Labs. I think it's important for any startup. I mean, you can't literally just have an idea, walk into an industry and then just, you know, pray it's going to work out. Mm. You know, the most successful people, especially from, you know, listening to this show, you hear are people that have done that job, know that industry, know there's actually a market for that product and are really passionate about it. Mm. And then they go off and do it themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and that's basically, I think, what Katie was trying to get at by saying that. Yeah, I mean, to say... To go up to someone like Katie, a founder of a blockchain company, and say, oh, I'm doing blockchain too, is the wrong thing to say. As she says, you know, you you want to, blockchain's almost the tool to the solution rather than the reason to go to market. And I think, mm. especially with blockchain and crypto, a lot of people have just, like AI as well, jumped on board with it because it's buzzwordy and fashionable. But in actual fact, some people don't know what they're using blockchain for. And it's good that the news article later, news article later touches on um, you know, some of the actual implementations of blockchain and how it works in the real world. Um, See, so yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I love the point around, you know, she has to see good energy from someone that she partners with. Um, you know, I'd like to think that the podcast has a similar good energy. Well, I mean, you can't go into business with someone that's not or sort of support someone that doesn't have any energy yeah. because they're not going to be successful, I yeah. think. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of see where she's coming from with that. You've got to have you've got to have the drive and the desire um, to to to, um, to go into business with anybody, like you say. Yeah, um, I really really enjoyed the point that people come up to her and say, "Yeah, we're doing blockchain. It's fast, it's efficient, and it's not." Now, I always assumed that it was relatively fast and efficient, but Katie sort of seems to suggest that for some people, it's not the best solution. You know, mm. it's not efficient, it's not fast, it's not necessarily as smooth as can be. So. Hopefully that improves over the next few years so that it is super fast and super efficient. But I don't know if that's relatively important to blockchain as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure people... I think what she was saying is kind of that myth around because it's new, mm. because it's exciting, then it must therefore be better. Mm. And I think what Casey was trying to get at was the fact that the point and sort of application of blockchain and why companies use it is not because it's quicker mm. you know there's another reason mm. but it's the companies that don't understand it yeah that have started using it yeah. for that reason secure it's very secure isn't it it's, yeah. yeah 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 it's it's weird because it's very secure but no one trusts it um which is just like a, a, a weird safe that it's you have so to secure say. that you can't see anything else. exactly yeah <laughs> exactly um i mean what is good is we want to see loads more companies like State Zero's labs, like Primal Base, which we'll touch on later, you know, in, inspiring businesses using blockchain, you know, for good almost. Um, it's a specialist platform that, you know, other blockchain companies or blockchain solution companies, I suppose we should call them, um, can see uh, as, as a source for inspiration and, you know, how to develop their business, you know, find a solution. How will blockchain help you, no, find a problem and then how will blockchain help you remedy that solution? I think... You know, that's that's the best way to go to market with any business, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think this links so well with what we were talking about on the show, uh, so the last show about AI. Mm. You know, it's it's the new thing. It's the mm. fancy thing. And, and it's actually having an understanding of the solution before you even think how you can apply it or what you can do with it. Yeah. Dave and I had an idea a while ago. I mean, I'm sure it's being done. Blockchain passports. Like so rather than when rather than putting your passport down on the base scanner and it bloop, 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 you may come through you don't even need that anymore you just blockchain passport you put your thumbprint on it or something and it gets your face up 
What, so it has a record of your face on yeah, the man. system? Yeah. It's a good idea. It's easy. Skip the cues. Yeah, you'd skip the cues, but I guess that kind of links later about what we're going to talk about with the fact of would you really want someone to have a, to have your face? But it's blocked down. It's secure. We know that. Look, I'm not saying I'm going to pitch it to Duncan Bannatyne anytime soon. <laughs> uh, no, I just do a mean impression. So I go in and pitch blockchain passports. He goes, Jack, I think it's ridiculous. And I'm oop. Pretty bang on, pretty bang on, actually. Um, I really, I mean, we could sit here and talk about blockchain all day. Uh, well, we couldn't because our knowledge runs out <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty soon on, 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 on the solution. But what we can talk about and what is very dear and close to the podcast is is women in tech and diversity in tech, as, as Katie so wonderfully um, puts. And I thought this before. I've been sat with Ryder and Dave at events and, and, and roadshows or whatever you want to call it. And we've actually heard someone, I think it was even Rioch Edward Brown actually, that was saying, you know, until we get to a point where we're not segregated as women in tech or black people in tech or, you know, um, disability in tech, until it's just seen as everybody in tech, it still feels like segregation. You know, we go to a panel and if it's a, if it's a balanced panel, fantastic. If it's a panel of all white men, we're just as frustrated seeing that as we are seeing a panel of all women because it's still segregation right it's we shouldn't be talking about this anymore we have to talk about this because it you know the industry's not doing well enough but i thought that was a really interesting point we shouldn't we should do more yeah no i i completely agree i think that you know these networks are great and personally like i i would access them and i do mm. access them for the, the, the reason for mentoring mm. for you know understanding about your market understanding about your sector like actually listening to the story of women mm. is really helpful because mm. you would want to hear that yeah you know as a woman i want to hear that working in the technology sector but at the end of the day, I don't want to go to an event and then go, oh yeah, women tech, you're in the corner. Right. You know, yeah. and I'd be like, well, why can't I go and do what everyone else is doing? Yeah. You know, why Why does it have to be a segregated area? Oh, you're here for women in tech, the women's toilets downstairs, off you go. Yeah. It feels like that. It does feel like that, doesn't it? You know, separate, no, don't say separate but equal jackets, not like that at all. <laughs> but it kind of is, you know, pigeonholing. And I think, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we have, it's a necessary evil at the moment, right, to have a panel of all women. Um, that sounds awful as well but from a point of view where we're, we're striving for equality and we have to have a panel of all women and highlight that because it's a good thing you know these are there's hundreds of fantastic women out there thousands of fantastic women out there in tech we need that panel for now but in in three four years time it shouldn't exist anymore no and i think that the point that katie's trying to make is that you know as someone like herself working in the technology sector mm. the last thing you want to be is sort of separate from everyone else exactly. and it does defeat the point of yeah. trying to create equality yeah. and to boost diversity in the sector yeah you're an equality event but we're yeah yeah i mean it just i get why we're there now but we should move away from that in the future and 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 the, and the not too distant future as well um, sorry if I managed to offend anyone there because I, <laughs> I can't really um, speak very well on it. So I am not, you know, I'm a white male. I'm part of the problem, right? So now a message from our podcast partners. As our listeners are aware, we have a wonderful deal for them via audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks, a free month's trial. And Christmas is coming up, isn't it, Jack? It very much is. It's it's so close now. People have got their Christmas trees up. Shops have got their decorations out. It's We're in the final rungs of the lead up to Christmas now. Michael Bublé is around every corner. Exactly. Now, if you go onto Audible, mm. 
What would you buy for your Christmas stocking filler? Do you know what? It's a little bit different, it's a little bit out there, but fans of the BBC programme People Just Do Nothing will know that the character, Chapuddy G, has put out a comedy book, um, How To Be A Man, and it all pokes fun at his character and so on and so forth. And if you get the audio version, it's him narrating it as well. I'm sure it's delightful, it's not very festive. Not very festive, but I guarantee you it's hilarious. Good, well, for balance, you could also, of course, go on and download The Snowman and the Snow Dog. Yeah, or Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Absolutely. Yeah. So, audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks. Why don't you find yourself a little treat for the festive season? Have a book on us. And now it's time for Thursday's news. Cool, right, we seamlessly dive into a news article that Joseph found on uh, UKTN by uh, Niall Williams, I want to say, NIA Williams, uh, apologies if I've mispronounced your name, it's a fantastic article all about Primal Base, the blockchain-enabled co-working company that has launched a new leasing and booking system called Primal Base Lease Market. Joseph, do you want to give us a little overview on this? Yeah, so basically, I found this article, I thought it looked really interesting and obviously linked quite well with what we were talking about. Um, but essentially, it's the first blockchain-based booking system to be launched sort of of this type, mm. um, which is obviously a major milestone. And it basically enables its members to hold primal-based tokens. Mm -hmm. And then they can lease these tokens for a set price and time to any kind of individuals for a period of their choosing. Um, and it's all run through an Ethereum wallet, which is basically a type of cryptocurrency. Um, so the point of this sort of, I guess, venture um, is to obviously, you know, be a new business on the market, mm. but also to educate people on how blockchains, how tokens and cryptocurrency can actually work in practice. Tokens being the set price and time in that workspace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think what's quite interesting is that they've actually got here, and I mean, I'm sure this is like the cheapest one they do, <laughs> which is why they put it on here. <laughs> it says the price of a hot desk using this primal base lease market could be as little as one pound a day. Wow. So if you think about, you know, we workspace and all those kind of things, you're yeah. paying hundreds of pounds a day. I mean, Dave and I have, we've spoken about we work in the past and there's good parts and there's bad parts. What is scary is the we live, I think they're doing soon. Oh, like really? where they're like yeah people can rent from them and stuff like that it feels a bit too cultish for my like that does mm. but this doesn't no and i think what actually really shocked me and i know this is maybe coming from a sort of naive place but when i think about blockchain i think about these kind of initiatives i think about them being you know great things to great places to start but mm. i don't think about them being that popular yet right yeah no exactly but they obviously say here they already have more than a thousand users across three different cities that's amazing you know and that really did shock me yeah i mean considering blockchain is still a bit of a it's a buzzword but it's still a bit of an enigma um to the thick eyes like me so i think like what's also important to talk about we we talked about it in the interview um and with katie is this is another example of a, of a business using blockchain to solve a solution right which is which is good it's good for for other businesses to to see this and it's fantastic uktn are writing about it you know I have had a go at the broadcasting mainstream media in the past, tech for bad, but UKTN is always tech for good. 
Um, I think for me, this is a really interesting way of looking at blockchain and it's, it reminds me of what three words in many ways, which is one of mine and Dave's favorite uh, tech talks. Um, it's a simple solution. You know, it's a booking system essentially, but they're using the technology to make it easier and I guess cheaper. Yeah, as I said, there's an algorithm that determines the best available and price tokens and presents the cost to you in wow. euros, like fairly clearly. I mean, it's literally using a technology system to make our lives a lot easier. Love that. And that's exactly what they've kind of launched it for. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is a great idea. And you think of, uh, especially if you're like a freelancer or something like that and you don't want to work from home all the time, it's going to be amazing for you. You get to just, you know, go into other offices. Right, moving swiftly on. And uh, we're back to Nia Williams as well from UKTN. Uh, fantastic article. Go check it out. And the uh, headline being, consumers still trust big brands despite data breaches. Uh, so this is the news that consumers still put their brand trust in big companies and are willing to part with personal data if they believe it can benefit them. I just want to say at this point, I will always log in with my Facebook login because it's easy. Like mm. that is another re I think I think that plays into this. But Joe, you found the article. What 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 you find most interesting about this? I mean, I think the interesting part, you know, the first sort of beginning of this article is is pretty common sensey, you know? Mm. Consumers still trust big companies, they're willing to part with their personal data if they could believe it benefit them. But I think, you know, they mentioned the big, big brands, Google, Facebook, you know, people still trust them regardless of what happens. Even after Google Plus has misused 50 million people's data and Facebook, yeah, Cambridge Analytica, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, It's ridiculous, but people still use it because it benefits them. Of course. But I think what is interesting is further down, they talk about the stats around this. And I think what actually shocked me was that only 18% of people said they would walk away from a business if it required highly personal data. Wow. And then if you go down further, only 25% said they keep their view, they want to keep their personal viewing habits private. Only 25%? That's 75% of people are all right with everyone looking at their private, like what they're searching yeah. on the, what? There's, like, a, there's a lot of people there that do not have the same nefarious internet activity that I do, okay? And even more than that, 52% of people said they would allow companies to use their data if they thought they could gain something. What? Gain what? This is oh, this is scary. Britain, you are scaring me this morning. I actually personally think that just shows like a misconception in the kind of wider population about what someone could do with your data exactly. and how dangerous it is. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think people appreciate that enough. Yeah, I mean, if you think, like, if, if again, if you're a thicko like me and you think, oh, what can they do with my data on Facebook? All it is is me liking pictures of otters and sharing music videos I enjoy. It's not that. It's everywhere you've been in your life. It's it's chronologizing, essentially, for some people, from childhood all the way through to their death. They see everything you've done and you can't... It, I mean, look, we're all lazy. We all use Facebook. But it worries me. The biggest worry for me there was that 25% want to keep their personal view. Only 25% want to keep it private. I mean, you always go on websites and you see the little cookies thing pop up and it's like, do you want to click yes or no? You know, yeah. and, and obviously knows that that's how they track your browser history, you know? And I can tell you, there's a lot of times that I do not want that to happen. Yeah. You know, if you're streaming something, if you're, like you were saying, you know, and that really shocks me that 25% of people were the only people that said they, they wouldn't want to keep that private. It's, they would it, want to keep that. There's a, a lot of confident people out there. A lot of confident people. It reminds a lot me of, of liars. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, without 
getting too lewd. It does remind me of, I've heard reading recently that someone was blackmailed saying, we've, we've seen you, you know, we've seen you doing horrible things via your webcam. If you don't give us X amount of money, we're going we're gonna to release this footage of you doing this nasty act. I don't want don't to get too much into the nasty act, but it's not murder. Um, and I just thought, like, imagine getting that email. Imagine, I mean, I would say something like, put it out there, no one's going to give a shit about me doing something weird on the webcam. But this is worrying. And Ooh. the fact that those 75% of people are fine then, because they'll be like, yeah, put the video out, maybe that is me as well, yeah. Like, if something happens to someone, you go, that'll never happen to me. What are the chances of that happening yeah. to me? And I think that's what happens with, like, BA. You know, they had yeah. a huge leak and it was affected nearly, you know, half a million customers. Mm. But the people that didn't affect, and when I book a flight, mm. I go, oh, it's already happened now. It's not going to happen Yeah, it's again. not happening again. Lightning can't strike twice. But the fact is, it's happening to more and more big companies. Yeah. So it's becoming more our responsibility to check those kind of things so that it doesn't happen to you. I tell you what, big shout out to Richard Ramos, who works at Harvey Nash, who sends around a, uh, uh, an update when these things happen. It's the only way I remain fully abreast with data breaches and things like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's the news. I just want to add at the end of it, um, vote of no confidence in Theresa May. Probably should have spoke about it at the beginning of the show. As the pound continues to plummet, we don't know what Brexit we're getting yet. Um, so our European and American listeners, please take great joy in how much mess we're in over here in the UK at the moment. It's a joke. But anyway, Joes, thanks. We're off to enjoy our Christmas party this afternoon. And we will speak to you on Monday. Monday.